Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know where you are and you know what time it is. This is Cashflow Guys Podcast and I am Tyler Chef, your host. And this week we're going to talk about a little something I was thinking about going down A1A, probably one of my favorite roads in the country, especially when you get south of Miami and you get into the Florida Keys. It's just a whole change in perspective. I love being down here. So if you haven't been paying attention or haven't noticed, we moved down to the Florida Keys. We got down here a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely loving it down here. We're doing some volunteer work and giving back to the community and enjoying the sun and the surf and the water and just kind of chilling out. We were out traveling. For those of you that didn't know, we've been out traveling full-time in our motorhome across the country. And we were out in Lake Havasu, California when hashtag coronavirus hit. And we decided that we didn't really want to be that far from quote-unquote home while all this was going on. Add to the things of what's going on in the world. There's lots of financial turmoil and civil unrest and all these different things. And it just made sense for us to head back to what we call home, which would be the state of Florida, and get situated. So I'm pulling out onto A1A and I look at my rearview mirror and I see this big line of cars just screaming down A1A. You know, whatever. Normally, I don't even pay attention to it. But what I noticed what was interesting about it is they were all the same cars and they were Nissan GTRs. Now, I'm going to apologize up front. I'm not a car guy. So I'm probably going to say some things. One, the advice you're never going to want to take from me is car advice, unless it's on the financial aspect of having a car, because I don't really know a whole lot about cars. I know I know a little bit on how to work on them. I know where to put the gas in the oil. I know how to drive the hell out of them. I used to drive a race car way back when, but I'm not a car aficionado by any means. But I'm going to give some references in this podcast that has to do with that. So giggle if you will, but that's that. I'm also not an expert on Harleys. I might use that as a reference and you will definitely see how ignorant I am to Harleys as well. So stay with me. What got me thinking is I see all these folks going by and I like to, I like to people watch. I enjoy it. I enjoy seeing and observing and studying people. Now, one thing that we noticed now I was paying attention a lot less than Jill because I was driving and she was riding shotgun is I noticed we, we together noticed that most of the cars and I'm, there may have been uh, not a hundred, maybe there's less than a hundred, whatever. But most of the people driving the cars were very young. And by very young, I'm saying in their twenties, closer to their early twenties. And honestly, I don't know anything about a Nissan, Nissan GTR. Some of them sounded obnoxious. I can tell you that much, but then again, I'm getting old and cranky. So any loud noises drive me crazy, but uh, that's why I could never have a Harley. It's like, Oh my God, it's too loud. I noticed that a lot of guys were driving were kind of young. And I started thinking to myself, wow, they're either really successful or really heavily in debt. And I hope it's the first one and not the latter, but let's say that I'm 50% right. That means half the people could afford it. Well, what do they do? Are they Instagram stars? Are they uh, some sort of technology thing? Or do they have a great job? Do they get a degree in college? And if they got a degree in college, well, maybe they're making great money, but maybe they've got student loan debt. And I, this is just the stuff I think that goes through my feeble little brain. So I started thinking more about this and I realized there's so many of them and there's so many of them that are similar, almost identical cars, but they look like they're having a good time. I mean, they're down on A1A for gosh sakes or in the Florida Keys. They're just probably going all the way to Key West. Who knows? If I was them, I would be. That said, not knowing much about a, a Nissan GTR, I, they seem like pretty decent looking cars. I said to my wife, I said, how much do you think those things go for? So she did, you know, got to Uncle Google, typed it in Nissan, G, GT, Nissan GTR and discovered that the GTRs sell for somewhere between sixty dollars and $100,000. Now, granted, guys, this is a five minute, five second, I should say, Google search. So maybe we overlooked the fine details, but the, how much the cars are worth really doesn't matter because we're going to talk in generalities. We're going to talk about concept and we're going to see how it applies to what we're doing now as real estate investors. First thing I thought about is, wow, that's a lot of money to spend on a depreciating asset a car. Of course, then again, I don't drive a Ferrari. I drive a Jeep. Why? Well, because it doesn't cost much and it's a cool little car and I enjoy it. And it's a tool at the property. I can do all kinds of fun things with it. And that's why I have a Jeep. I've never been one to, I don't appreciate cars enough to invest a lot of money into them. But I have friends that have classic cars and that, that like those things. And that's cool. But I'm a guy. I'll go out and spend a fortune on a gun. I value guns more than I do cars. My choice. So I started thinking, how could this group 
that kind of has shares a common belief. They like their cars. They like to drive fast. They like to be in the Florida Keys. They appreciate nature. How could they expand on that? What would be the next step, right? I've always been a believer in seeing how we could make things better. What could we do? And I started thinking, geez, if there was a group, a leader of that group, and maybe it's the guy out front, who knows? But if there's a leader, how can better the group? How could he grow the group? How can he make it even better than it already is? Because it looked pretty cool as it was, but maybe there's even room for improvement. Wouldn't that be cool? And I started thinking, you know, if these guys, instead of spending sixty to $100,000 on a depreciating asset, and I know some of you probably listen to this going, but Tyler, these cars are going to keep their value no matter what. Yes, but they're not going to offer any return or at least a return that can't be realized, that can be realized without having to sell them. And I'm not dogging people for collecting cars or anything like that. You want to collect cars, knock yourself out. But if you're not financially free and you've got all this stuff, this extra, these extra things, maybe you should think about, huh, what if I changed this, took this $60,000 depreciating asset or $100,000 depreciating asset, this liability off my balance sheet, how much faster could I get out of the rat race? How much quicker could I be financially free? What I'm seeing right now going on in America is a lot of what's going on comes from monetary things. People are having a hard time financially nationwide. A lot of folks are really severely impacted. Others, maybe not so much, but I would say the majority of Americans and the majority of people in the world have suffered such serious financial impact. Businesses, even large businesses, I was naive to think that it only affected small business people, but it also affects big business. Big business and small business alone are broke. They don't have any cash reserves and they're heavily saddled with debt. Add in coronavirus, civil unrest, all the different things that are going on. These things only tend to to make situations worse. And by that, I mean when situations are bad, the coronavirus thing, and then people go out and do stuff that exacerbates the situation. Well, there's only one way that's going to play out. It's only going to get worse before it gets better. So I started thinking about how could they change this up in this group? How could they make, what could they do to make this group even better and make their lives easier? Well, if they got rid of those cars, let's say, or instead of buying that $60,000 to $100,000 car, what if each one of those 100 people pitched in and bought an apartment building? Now, simple math would say you got 100 people kicking in $60,000, that's $6 million. If it's $100,000 cars, that's $10 million. Like a news for you, you could buy a lot of property with $10 million that would actually cover the car payments, even if you fully leveraged them and therefore allow people to still have the car or then get the car, but have something else pay for it, have the asset pay for it. Now, I'm not suggesting that everybody goes out and becomes a syndicator tomorrow. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is think about the power of groups, what you can accomplish in groups. Groups of like-minded people can accomplish great things if they put their mind to it. So how can you in your own community leverage the power of your network, your groups to build your portfolio. And a lot of people tell me I can't invest in real estate because I don't have enough money or I lost money in the stock market or whatever reason it is they don't get out of the rat race. Part of that is because they're only basing their ability to get out of the rat race on what they specifically have to use as a tool to get out. We forget that you can leverage other people's resources to also get yourself out of the rat race. What do I mean by that? Well, here's an example. I have the deals that we do. I don't think of, I think of it as selfish if I have to use my own money to do a deal. Because if I have to use my own money to do a deal, that means I have not effectively marketed my services and the solutions that I can provide to the public to the public. So in essence, I've done the public a disservice by not informing them of how I can help them. Every time somebody tells me that they are so excited because now they get to be their own bank by signing up for some 
insurance program from infinite banking program, you know, where the insurance agent helps themselves to 40 to 50% of your investment capital as the cost of doing business, as they say, or somebody gets taken advantage of in some Ponzi scheme or something like that. I think to myself, damn it, had I done a better job of marketing to them and teaching them and educating them about the services that I provide, I could have helped them get a significantly higher return on their money. I could have put on my realtor hat and sold them a nice investment property that would pay them forever and a day. I could have had them come in as a partner or maybe even a lender in one of my deals and given them a return secured by real estate backed by real estate to help them protect themselves from future loss, to help them grow their retirement plan. So I've made that my way of doing business ever since then. I realized that anytime I'm not doing that, I call myself selfish. That helps hold Tyler accountable. And when I get, when I decide that, oh, my credit score is an 800, I should just go out and get a loan while the interest rates are hot. I convince myself, no, Tyler, that's being selfish. What you should do is turn on that microphone and inspire more people to go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler, book an appointment and talk about leveraging their retirement plan and helping them grow their retirement plan with me right away because that's the right thing to do. That's my contribution to society. People say, you know, people ask, what, what is my contribution? Your contribution is helping people grow their retirement accounts, helping people mobilize their cash, not patronizing some hard money lender who's going to try to whack you for 20% interest and points on the front and points in the back or 10% or whatever it may be or not making some wholesaler rich, that's not really helping anybody because someone has to be, has to suffer for someone else to profit. So a win-win is being the person that goes out there and solves problems. When you know that group of a hundred people, whether it be, it doesn't have to be a hundred, it could be 10 people. And when you can step up and take that leadership role and you can bring value to that relationship, guess what you don't have to do? You probably don't have to inject any of your own cash. There's no cash infusion required there to grow your business. Because if you're the person that simply assembles the group, that alone is worth, in my opinion, a gazillion dollars. So think about in your market, and you may say, well, Tyler, I'm not the leadership type. I'm not really good at being a leadership. That's not my thing. I'm more like in the background doing stuff. Cool. So inject yourself in, in that role. Focus on what you're good at. I know every one of you is good at something. You focus on what you're good at and surround yourself with people that are good at the things that you are not good at. For example, if you know someone in your community that is a leader, that has a natural leadership role and is good at managing groups, good at managing systems, then I would spend some time getting to know them better. I would spend some time trying to figure out how your services, your skills, and and their skills together can help you both grow financially. That could mean maybe you are you come from an IT background and maybe you, you've been an IT project manager, but maybe you suck at marketing and you don't like the idea of marketing or marketing makes you nauseous even thinking about it. I totally get it. Maybe you don't want to feel like some schmarmy salesman. Maybe you're an airline pilot and you'd rather fly planes and not worry about the rest of it. You'd rather just have someone invest your money and help you grow your retirement plan. These are viable services, folks. And yes, you can help somebody grow their retirement plan, show them an amazing return and still make a profit yourself at the same time. It's called win-win or no deal. That's how it's done. It begins by letting people know that you're out there. And if you don't have the skills or the, the the desire to become quote unquote a marketer, I get it. I totally get it. That just means that you need to hire someone who does and you need to consult with them and bring them on your team to develop a marketing strategy. What this really means is when we spend time, instead of worrying about what we don't have, let's focus on what we do have and let's spend more time building relationships with people that we can develop, know, like, and trust with. That means getting out from behind the computer, putting down the book, get your nose out of the book, stop going to the real estate boot camps, hanging out with the other broke kids, stop going to the real estate meetings, hanging, spending time with people that are basically pretending I'm here to tell you guys, most of those real estate meetings, 90 to 95% of the people there are broke. And the ones that are, are, are not going to tell you otherwise. So why even go? Instead, spend your spend time 
in circles where you can provide value, but more importantly, you can receive value. The last thing you need to do is waste any time spending time around pretenders. Think about that group of 100 people going down the road. What if they each put together their 60000 or $100,000 together? What could they accomplish? They could have gotten those cars for free by simply getting together as a group, leveraging the strengths and weaknesses of each member of the group towards the help, which means leveraging the, when I talk about leveraging the weaknesses, it's like knowing that you're not somebody that's good at numbers, but you are good at marketing. Maybe the marketing person focuses on marketing and the CPA that's good at numbers focuses on the numbers and doesn't have anything to do with the marketing. This is basically how companies get built boys and girls, is by bringing together like-minded people with a leader that are focused towards a common goal. Think about what you could accomplish as a real estate investor, how much good you could do in your own community if you helped people become their best selves. When you spend time around the right people that are going in the right direction, I'm here to tell you, you will be able to accomplish great things. And everybody, including me, has been had people in my life that are toxic, that simply don't really bring any benefit to the equation. Instead, they hold us back, they drag us down. If instead you focus on finding people that where you aspire to be like if you're finding people that are operating on a higher level if you're finding people that are have the courage to do what you're maybe not quite willing to do i'm here to tell you you're going to experience a whole new world a whole new way of living and you're going to get out of that rat race a lot faster than ever possible but if you stay where you're at I got news for you. Nothing's going to change. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.